Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are, do- that are doing cutting-edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. This is a really important show because, as far as I know, it's the first time on a large scale that the public is being introduced to a breakthrough in the healing arts called morphogenic field technique. Morphogenic field technique was developed by Dr. Frank Springob and Autumn Smith, and it's a way to safely, quickly, easily, and accurately develop customized nutritional, herbal, and homeopathic programs for individuals. It's a fascinating new healing art that has its roots, I'm sure, in ancient knowledge. And uh, it's been particularly important to me personally and professionally uh, since I've been introduced to Dr. Frank Springob, who's our guest for today, and morphogenic field technique. It has completely revolutionized my private practice as a holistic doctor and has taken my ability to serve people to a whole new level and brought tremendous enjoyment and satisfaction to myself and uh, has uplifted many. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Frank Springob as we explore the fascinating world of morphogenic field technique. Welcome, friends. I'm here with my friend and my mentor, Dr. Frank Springob, and Dr. Frank Springob is the co-founder of Morphogenic Field Technique, which is one of the most exciting breakthroughs that I've come across in a long time to really empower people to reach higher levels of wealth, excuse me, of health, (laughs) I guess wealth too, (laughs) but health especially, and um, before I bring Frank into the conversation, is it okay if I call you Frank, or do you want me to call you Dr. Frank or Dr. Springob? No, Frank's fine. Okay. So before I bring Frank into the conversation, uh, I just want to say a personal story about my own journey and how important Dr. Frank has been in my life. So a little over a year ago, uh, Maybe a year and a quarter ago, I was really doing some soul searching about my own future as a doctor. I've been a holistic doctor for 27 years, and uh, I was feeling stagnant in my practice. I, I, I didn't feel like I was learning a lot of new things, and I felt like the tools that I had, although they were helping a lot of people, I felt limited and I I wanted to help people more and I didn't know how to do it. My own personal and spiritual evolution had evolved to the point where I was really looking at things from a quantum 
point of view and the systems of analysis that I was using to determine what was going on with people and how to make my interventions were not completely quantum based. And I felt like a lot of things were slipping through the cracks and I was getting frustrated and I was thinking about either leaving the healing arts in that capacity or and focusing on something else or I just really wanted to have a breakthrough. And so I started talking to some colleagues in the healing arts and just kind of making myself vulnerable and sharing about my process the way I'm sharing it with you now. And uh, one of my colleagues who turned out to be a representative for a nutritional company called Standard Process, um, who had a pretty good sense of who I was, said, hey, have you ever heard of MFT? And I said, no. And I said, he said, have you ever heard of Dr. Frank Springob? And I said, no. And then he started to tell me about Dr. Frank and about morphogenic field technique. And to make a long story short, it's been about a year and a quarter later, and I'm still practicing as a holistic doctor, and I'm having a lot more fun and a lot more success, and my patients are having a lot more fun. And I really feel like I'm, like I'm in a flow that I really like, and it uh, blends with a lot of the other work that I do in my coaching practice. So I'm really, really excited about today's conversation to share with the world, really for the first time in this format, in-depth format, to introduce you to morphogenic field technique and Dr. Frank Springob. So Frank, welcome to the call. Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, glad to be here. This, uh, this should have a good time for the next uh hour or so, huh? Right. So let me just start out by reading you a brief bio that uh, Frank sent me. So here it goes. Frank Springob, DC, chiropractic physician, author and educator, is a co-developer with Autumn Smith of morphogenic field technique known as MFT, a professional procedure that utilizes energy signature testing. Now, I know that's a big mouthful, so I'm sure we'll get back to that, that utilizes energy signature testing to identify specific nutritional needs and customize protocols using standard processed whole food concentrates and protomorphogens and Mediherb products and energetic formula energetics company formulations. Dr. Springob is the author of the book, Bugs in My Brain, Poison on My Plate, by the way, you can get that through Amazon.com. Using M-Field Energy Signature Testing to Optimize Your Health. That's the rest of the title. Which tells the story of the development and objectives of the MFT procedure, along with seven personal stories of healing success written by his patients. He's utilized standard process supplements for more than three decades in his practice in Port Angeles, Washington, and has had over 400,000 individual patient encounters. He's taught MFT at professional seminars for the past six years throughout the country. With a commitment to the principles and culture of truly natural healing, using standard process, Mediherb, 
energetics products and lifestyle changes, Dr. Springob wishes to expand the M-field concept across the United States. He believes that the concept of health improvement using a large and balanced M-field as the objective will create a revolution in the way Americans think about their health and their food supply. Dr. Springob lives in Port Angeles, Washington with his wife, Linda, and we'll give contact information for Dr. Frank later. So that's Frank's bio, and let's get right into the conversation. So I think one thing, so we don't just lose listeners right off the bat, is we probably need to start with some definitions in terms of MFT, energy signature testing, M-field, so that people aren't lost. So let's start at the beginning. So my first question, Frank, is what is MFT and what moved you and Autumn to create it? Well, we call the energy field of the body the morphogenic field. And the reason we use that title is it's based on the concept of morphogenesis, which um, has been around for about 100 years. It was talked about by uh, Einstein and it was talked about by uh, uh, Royal Lee, who was the creator of the standard process line of products. And uh, they have in their line uh, products called protomorphogens. So protomorphogens are, we call them the blueprints of creating new healthy cells. So what we found in our um, work was that if we use the energy of uh, cells, different abnormal and normal cells, and used muscle response testing, we could identify the boundaries of this energy field for in a practical application of whether uh, something in the environment was either expanding the field or contracting the field. And it was actually Autumn's idea to start using these cellular energies in our work in trying to determine nutritional protocols. So we called the morphogenic field the field around the body. We use it for morphogenesis, which is the creation of new healthy cells. And the body will take those cells and turn them into healthy tissues and take those tissues and turn them into healthy organs and organ systems and ultimately the organism over a span of time. So the idea is briefly, if you can keep the energy field of the body expanded and balanced out about five to seven feet, you will move that person towards improved health. So that's the theory and the application is exactly the way we thought it would be. Over, the, over time, and we've been using it now for several years, we've got lots of different ways of measuring objective improvement and uh, in every single case, as the field expands and balances, the health of that individual improves on all these objective levels that we measure. So that's what the morphogenic field is, or we just call it the M field for short. And then MFT is the name of the technique for expanding and balancing the field, morphogenic field technique. So what moved you and Autumn to create this? I mean, you'd been in practice for a long time. You already had a successful practice. You'd already been using muscle response testing for many, many years. And, uh, you know, obviously you are an intrepid spirit and you had a desire to to learn more and help people on a greater level. But what really moved you to go beyond where you were? 
Well, uh, always trying to do the best I could to, you know, deal with that person right in front of me. How are you going to make that person in front of you healthy? And so uh, it's always a one-on-one encounter with everybody, in my opinion. Many forms of treatment look for canned plan um, treatment plans, which are easy for the practitioner, but don't necessarily match the uniqueness of the patient. So always trying to customize the uh, nutritional protocols and the herbal protocols and the lifestyle improvements that we made with the patient to uh, that individual only. So, you know, I was, we were pretty good at it. There was, there was really nothing wrong with what we were doing. But Autumn, who was a nutritional therapy student at the time, said, you know, I learned in my nutritional therapy class that the body is fed at the cell level and then the healthy cells make the healthy tissues. And in the processes we've always used in doing muscle response testing, we were testing uh, organs and glands. So if you go back two steps, you take the cells, which become the tissues, and then they become the organs and glands. And that process was so obvious to me that, yeah, we'd be better off talking to the cells because it's the cells that could, uh, could use the help today. So why not talk to the smallest common denominator in the body to get the information? So when she said, we should be talking to the cells, I said, well, that's a great idea, Autumn. How are you going to do that? And she even had an answer for that. And her answer was to use virtual cellular energies. And apparently she'd been thinking about it for some time because she was very quick with the answer of how we should go about talking to the cells. So she'd obviously been pondering it. So I always say that Autumn is the brains behind the operation. And I'm just kind of the spokesmodel out there because... uh, because I have more credentials, because I have more clinical experience, because I have the age, and people would tend to listen to me more than they would listen to her probably in in practical reality, plus the fact that she's got three children under the age of 11 and a husband, and traveling for her is very difficult. So it's uh, the most obvious thing is for me to go out and teach it, although in many ways she'd be better qualified since it was her ID to begin with. And... uh, and I reluctantly listened to what she said, and we reluctant, I reluctantly ordered the cell energies, and we started uh, giving it a try. And, and that's when the world changed for, for our treatment protocols because we found this to be so much easier to test and so much more accurate. And, uh, and I never realized how much that would change my world just to put in that order for some virtual cellular energies and start trying them out on people. Okay, uh, Frank, I just need to remind you to speak up. And uh, so we're kind of really going down the rabbit hole here. We're using terms that I'm sure people don't know what they mean. So I have to keep bringing you back. So um, what are virtual cellular energies and how are they used in MFT? Well, that's a really good question. So, of course, you can't use cells to test. The person's got cells, but we're trying to match energy signatures in our work. So let's talk about that first. Uh, Energy signatures are the resonance of anything. So everything in the universe has an energy field around it. That's basic quantum physics. And the human person has the large balanced energy field around their body if they're normal. And the food that they eat, if it's got life to it, also resonates energy. And 
our kits that we use for testing also have an energy signature and the supplements that we use to supply some of the nutrients that people need also have a resonance or an energy signature. So this comes down to matching energy signatures. So in practical reality you have to have a way to provide an energy signature that you can have a discussion with or a conversation with. So normal cells would have a certain energy but an abnormal cell would also have a certain energy and so what we needed was a collection of different types of energies in these cells. So we had 190 different normal and abnormal cell energies that we had gotten together and uh, we started matching them up to see how they would fit together from an energetic perspective. So this is pretty easy to do in, in practical reality. You just find cells that have something in common and start testing to see which ones will have a greater energy and we did it using the resonance of the body. So we would do a muscle test and then we would take the um, cell energies, combine them and see what the effect was on the body's energy field. And so in this way we layered energies in and created uh, our test kits which uh, ma matched up the, to the energy of cells. So we took 190 cells energies and we put them into 58 cell energy vials and we called those the morphogenic proteins. And we used those to scan the field to see if the body's energy field was interested in the energy of those normal and abnormal cells. So if we found the body to be interested by a muscle response test, now the muscle would um, go weak if you tried to pull an, an energy it was interested in away from the body or just the opposite would happen if you brought that energy into the body. The test muscle would stay strong if it was interested, but go weak if it wasn't interested. So we just had to um, use this science of muscle response testing. And a muscle test, one by itself, doesn't really mean very much. In order to have muscle testing mean anything, you have to have it within a system, and the system has to be like 20 questions for the body. So you each question you ask the body with a muscle test builds on the earlier question. And ultimately you get to what the body is interested in and then you fill the needs of the body based on those interests. So it's, uh, it's something that is uh, easier to witness. It's better to experience it than it is to explain it which is why we have our website with lots of uh, videos on it so people can actually watch the process of doing the, this procedure. So explaining it from a verbal perspective is not nearly as good as having the experience of watching it and having it explained to you at the same time you're watching it. Hence all of our videos on our website. So a couple of things. One is, do you want to give the, the website address now where people can go to watch these videos? Yeah, you can get to it by uh, typing in www.morphogenicfieldtechnique.com and uh, that'll take you to the website. And then on the home page there's lots of links and options to get more information. One of them is called videos and links so if you want to watch the videos you can just click that one on and we've got assorted videos to watch relating to morphogenic field technique. Okay. And then a couple of other things before we go on. So these 
these vials that are uh, represent these different cellular energies. Um, I assume from what I know about it that these vials are stored with water that have been exposed to a certain type of uh, a computer program that somehow is able to create some transformation between the between the actual physical thing and the uh, energetic signature that's in the water? Right. Well, uh, these are created by uh, Dr. Nick Lamoth from uh, Eatonville, Washington, and this is kind of his specialty. He gathers energy signatures as a hobby. And then he has a machine. It's the, the science is called radionics, and it's a, it's a computer program that will create any, will take any um, resonance and turn it into a digital signature and then transfer the signature into the, the water. So uh, it's just zeros and ones like any computer program. And so it's gotten to be, it's about, the science of this is about 20 years old now. Um, the probably our breakthrough in doing this is is just how we take those energies and put them to use, and how we structure them, and how we uh, made them flow in our um, in our procedure and in our system of testing. Okay, and then the other thing that I it's kind of a loose end out there for me. Uh, just imagining the listeners listening is uh, when you talk about. The, the, the person or the energy field being interested in something. Do you mean interested like concerned or do you mean like interested in desire or do you mean it could be either or? Yeah, that's correct. It could be either or. So, so for example, if your body has too much mercury in it and your body would like to get rid of some of that mercury, then it will be interested in the energy of mercury, not because it wants more mercury, because but the interest is to remove the mercury. So it would be interested in mercury, and it would also be interested in something that might help remove the mercury. For example, a drainage remedy like Spanish black radish or uh, uh, fenugreek, which is fenugreek, or something like um, artichoke or something like um, cilantro. So there's lots of different things that you could give a body that might potentially help the body to uh, drain that toxin uh, through the normal elimination channels. But, um, yeah, that's essentially the interest. It can be either way. It can be it wants it because it likes it, or it's interested in it because it uh, wants to get rid of it. Okay. But, they, they act similar when you're using the field. The, the response is similar in the field. We have a different way of differentiating whether it's uh, a desire or something it would like to get rid of. Great, great. I think that's important to bring out to what we mean by interested. Okay, so let's you know try to bring the conversation down to um, a more practical level and a, a more emotional level. Um, what are some of the benefits and advantages of using MFT as opposed to other approaches of analysis and intervention? What are the benefits and advantages, say, first for patients, and then we'll talk about for doctors. But for patients, uh, what are some of the advantages? And maybe, maybe then you could tell a success story or two. 
Okay, well, the advantage is that we're going to analyze the needs of the body in a way that nobody else is going to be doing it. So in our society now, especially with Obamacare, they're spending an awful lot of money on tests that really do not improve their health. You know, they spend a lot of time on MRIs or CAT scans or blood tests or analysis of this type or that type. And when they get all the results back, often the patient is disappointed because nothing really helped them get to feel better. And many of the uh, therapies that they recommend are pharmaceuticals. So we live in a very chemical world, and our food supply is full of chemicals. There's 12,000 approved chemicals in our food supply. Uh, my personal feeling is that we don't need to be adding more chemicals to the body. What we really need to be doing is helping the body by nourishing it and helping it to dispose of some of the chemicals that are building up. When you use the field, then the advantage for the patient is they get the instant gratification of feeling with the muscle response what it is their body's asking for. And uh, it's usually matches to what their belief is as well. You know, they they are frustrated with this system as it is. I had somebody just come in today and say, you know, I'm just really tired of going to the doctor, getting all these tests done, spending a lot of money, not learning anything, and all they offer me is um, things that will either um, make me sleep better at night or make me less depressed or something that doesn't really answer to what I'm concerned about. So this is a system where you're actually getting some answers. You know, what do you need to feed the body that it's not getting? What do you need to give the body to get rid of the toxin that you've acknowledged with the muscle response tests um, of doing MFT? So that's a great advantage for them because, first of all, they get validation that, you know, they're not crazy. They, they actually do have a problem. Somebody acknowledges their problem. Their own body acknowledges their problem. And then you can start moving them on the path. But first, you know, the, the hardest thing for the patients to get through is, is this a valid way of determining health solutions? And, you know, they, they aren't all that trusting anymore. They've, they've quite honestly learned not to trust because they don't get any results. And so many of them have given up. The ones who are willing to try are usually only there because somebody else told them, you've got to go see this guy because he's going to do something that nobody else is going to do. And lots of success stories in my town about morphogenic field technique because I practice it, my associate practices it, and Autumn practices it, and my wife practices it. So, um, you know... they, it's well known in Port Angeles, the power of morphogenic field technique. Getting it out across the country, that's another story because 95% of the people in the country have never heard of doing any interventions in this way. So, so that story kind of contrasts it with what would happen to a person who's going through standard American Western medicine approach, but what are, let's, let's uh, get fine-tuned a little bit. What are some of the benefits and advantages of MFT for patients relative to other approaches that are even considered alternative or even the benefits and advantages of MFT, say, compared to the type of muscle response testing you were doing before? Well, that's a really good question. The, uh, 
I just did a class down in Los Angeles over the weekend where we talked about muscle response testing and where it came from and its beginnings and how complicated it used to be. Uh, I was in chiropractic school back in the early 70s and muscle response testing for nutritional problems only came about in the mid-60s. So I've practically lived all of that history and been involved in muscle response testing for all that time. So I've seen many variations of it. The uh, the initial one was you had to test about 200 different muscles to find the ones that were weak. And then after you did that, you had to have the person take the possible supplementation and have them hold it in their mouth while you retested the muscle. And to do a thorough analysis, it took about two hours to do that. So uh, that changed when uh, President Nixon went to China and they started using acupuncture points to get information from the body. And so then they developed, uh, Dr. Dick Versendahl developed a technique uh, called contact reflex analysis where he would get information from acupuncture points. And so that was a step forward, but there were some problems with uh, some of the toxins in the environment causing problems with the accuracy of the readings. And so Dr. Dietrich Klinghardt, a medical doctor from Seattle, came up with the next variation, which was to uh, identify the five things that would create a situation where the body just wouldn't heal. So the heavy metals being one of them, chemicals in the environment is another, uh, hidden immune challenges, um, scars on the body that would destroy the energy field. And, uh, and that was another leap forward. And that we d actually did that in our office prior to Autumn's idea of using the cell energies. But the advantage of using the field, ideally, you test all sides of the body. You don't just put somebody down on their back and you test the front of the body. You test the sides of the body, you test the back of the body. And when you get all done, you have a large and balanced energy field, and it's that change. That's the, that's the key. When the person leaves with a large, balanced energy field, then you know they're moving toward health. You can do all sorts of interventions with those other techniques that, that improve people's health, but our system of analysis is the most accurate for getting results quickly, accurately, and um, moving people toward health. And it's been very gratifying to be the, uh, the steward of of this work, even though it wasn't my idea, and I fully admit that Autumn get, deserves all the credit, uh, I feel like you know I'm out there making my contribution too. That's great. Um, before we get into what are the benefits and advantages for the doctor, uh, do you mind telling one of the success stories from your book? Oh well, there's many. Uh, the one of one of the ones that seems to interest people is the uh, the gal who had to uh, almost retire from her job as a postal carrier because of a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, and uh, because that seems to come up at every seminar, people ask about multiple sclerosis. So I thought that was a good story to be putting in the book about how um, we identified. Uh, mercury energy in her spinal cord, and we started giving her um, nutritional therapies and drainage remedies that would help move the mercury out. She went to her um, dentist and had her mercury fillings removed. And within a matter of a year, she was um, back to working full-time, and she's been working ever since. Uh, this is go goes back several years now. You know, that's uh, one of those great stories. And 
And uh, another one that I really liked was the one that the book's named after, Bugs in My Brain. And uh, it was a gal who had been a, a world-class athlete here in Port Angeles, and she had gone on to California on an athletic scholarship. And uh, I didn't see her for a few years, but the next time I saw her, she had lost 30 or 40 pounds, and she was just a, a shadow of her former self. And nobody knew what was wrong with her. And she wasn't getting any better, and she wasn't getting any help, and she'd been to you know multiple doctors and multiple facilities. And morphogenic field technique found an energy of a parasite uh, in her brain. And uh, we started treating her with that, and the improvement was almost immediate. She's the one that said, you mean I've got bugs in my brain? And that's what we, how we named the book. So... Um, those are the kind of those are the kind of things that make it all worthwhile. You know, right. If you get into if you get into this to help people, this is a great way to do it. So I think at this point it's important to mention that MFT isn't claiming to cure or even diagnose uh, medical conditions. That it's working with analyzing energy and balancing energy, and in the process of that. Uh, people seem to get healthier, and sometimes named diseases tend to disappear for people. That is absolutely correct, and that's a, a really important point that I make it to all the people that I teach in my seminars. Make sure you understand that the energy is the noun, and everything else is an adjective that describes the energy, because that is all we do, and our only goal in MFT is a large balanced energy field. And we make no other claims other than, you know, you come in, we're going to look at your field, and you're going to leave with a large balanced energy field. And if you stick with the protocol over time and keep that field out there, you're going to move toward health. And uh, that's just the way that works in all practical reality. You don't make any claims for it. You don't say you're treating parasites or multiple sclerosis or anything else. You're just treating that person's energy field. Now, one thing I think that's important to bring out that hasn't been brought out in the conversation is that the field phenomena is kind of a nested phenomena in the sense that there's an overall energy field for the entire body. But do you want to talk about this nesting phenomena, how there's fields within fields within fields, and that as one progresses in MFT as a doctor and as a patient, how you can get more and more precise in the specificity of the analysis and of the intervention? Yeah, you have to have taken some of our advanced work to get that specific, but if you can just get their energy field out about five to seven feet, you're going to move them in the right direction. But what you find is that, you know, if you, if you want to break it down into smaller pieces, you're... Uh, kidney has a field, your heart has a field, your brain has a field, your liver has a field, and you can go around measuring and uh, and handling the energy of those individualized fields. And that's very, very uh, helpful when people come in and they've already had something acknowledged. So somebody comes in with high liver enzymes or or they come in with an arrhythmia. You can go to those specific organs and read those specific fields, and you move people along quite a bit faster. And also, there's a there's a tendency for like say with 
somebody with a heart um, symptom would tend to have a less of a field in the in the back, and their front field might be just fine. But uh, with morphogenic field technique, you can measure all those fields and go for the one that's the smallest and get people to uh, start responding really quickly by bringing that small field out and giving them exactly the nutrition they need to do that. That's really exciting. I've really enjoyed that. I think that's really where the creativity comes in for the doctor as well. And what what can MFT do to help with the analysis? Because obviously this is some kind of electromagnetic phenomenon or it's related to that. What can MFT do when someone comes in and they're in such a bad way that they almost have no energy field? Yeah, that's a real common problem with other muscle testing techniques because uh, people who don't have energy of their own sometimes will tend to suck the energy from their uh, healthcare provider. And uh, I remember doing the old technique where you were just touching the body multiple times on people who were very sick. And every time you did that, there's a little bit of energy drain from the person with the greater energy into the person with the lesser energy. And you would go home at the end of the day and be very tired. And with morphogenic field technique, the kits take a lot of that energy burden away for the practitioner. So it's a lot easier for a practitioner to do morphogenic field technique over the day than it is to do those other types of techniques that tend to drain their energy. And the other thing we have that's really unique to us is we have some energy tools, some quantum tools that we can have the patient hold to give them an energy boost temporarily, to bring their field out temporarily, and use that increased energy to get really more accurate and specific readings on their protocols. You know, that's really helpful for me as a doctor testing people because the I get more accurate information, and like you say, I'm not drained at the end of the day. So that's that's fantastic. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the benefits and advantages of MFT for the doctor? Well, uh, my life is pretty easy uh, from a practice perspective because I don't have to spend a lot of time thinking. You know, I, I, not that it's bad to think. You know, but if you look at the billions of chemical reactions that go on the body every day and you're trying to take responsibility for all those chemical reactions, that's a lot of burden because you're expected to figure out how you're going to intervene to try to balance out all those chemical reactions in the body. When you do MFT though, you don't take any responsibility for it because the body's going to give you the message it wants to give you and you're just going to respond to it. And uh, so just from the perspective of you don't have to take responsibility for the person's symptoms because their body is more than willing to tell you what kind of intervention they need, either nutritional or herbal or just lifestyle changes or sometimes homeopathic, something to, um, to alter their course of health and improve it. And you don't have to take responsibility for it because the answer comes from them. Now, do you find that sometimes, I know I do, I find that sometimes the limiting factor for a person, especially in certain situations, it may not be um, a biochemical intervention. Sometimes there could be a structural issue or sometimes there could be 
mental emotional challenges. And one of the things that I really liked about MFT is that as a doctor is that it there there are uh, protocols that help to prioritize these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, of course, I'm a chiropractor, you know, so being a chiropractor, you're interested in the structure of the body and, you know, the spine houses the nervous system and the nervous system runs the body. So uh, if everything's going well, then that just, that just works and a person's going to be healthy. But there are other issues in life. You know, there are people who uh, have had traumatic injury, physical uh, imbalances. They have uh, repetitive stress syndromes. Uh, and they have emotional stress, and we just have a way of acknowledging it and prioritizing it, and then addressing each one of those things as they come up. And the patients really understand it. I mean, they really do get when you explain it to them properly what it is you're trying to do. They know that you have uh, found them their path to health, and they really do appreciate it. I, I get to be fortunate enough to have that told me every single day that I practice and it's a great feeling uh, and and I'm humbled by it because I really feel like uh, even though even though I'm the instrument for them getting better I'm it has nothing to do with me really it's just my ability to talk to their body and, and uh, supply the right uh, thing the right nutrient the right herb the right adjustment the right uh, neuroemotional component treatment uh, I like to do neuroemotional technique from uh, uh, Dr. Scott Walker in San Diego and uh, you know all these great tools and all, all these great healers that came before me that that made this possible for me because I'm you know I'm very humble about it I don't feel like uh, much of this came from me at all I was just there to watch everybody else and and help put this all together so you know, as a person who, you know, doesn't seek the limelight, what kind of challenges have you gone through? Like when you took on the, the, the commitment to share MFT with the world, what's it been like for you to, how have you dealt with the stresses and the challenges of travel and figuring out how to teach this because in my experience this is a challenging thing to teach because there's so many elements of it because there's the there's the art of the muscle testing then there's all of the knowledge background knowledge about all of these hundreds of products and then there's um and then there's all sorts of other things as well it's a challenging thing to teach and and not to mention the fact that you're 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 sharing a whole new paradigm and so I don't know if you had done much teaching in the past but can you talk about your journey about the changes you've had to go through and the challenges you've had to to meet this challenge of responsibly sharing MFT with the world well the biggest challenge was to take an idea that's very quantum in its um, reality, you're, you're dealing with the soup of the body when you deal with the morphogenic field. And that's a quantum concept. But people don't think in terms of quantum concepts. They're, they're very linear thinkers. You know, they get up and they, they learn, they get up in the morning, they will go through their day, 
very methodically. They, they consciously think about the next thing they're going to be doing. When they learn things, they learn step A, step B, step C. When they learn math, it's 1 and 1 equals 2, 2, 2 equals 4. It's all linear thinking. And so the challenge for Autumn and I, when we were asked to teach it um, several years ago, was to take this quantum thing that we just did and turn it into a linear um, step-by-step procedure that anybody could learn it. So I think that was probably the toughest thing. I had no idea that 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 was going to be so hard, but we had to sit down and we had to put down on paper what it was we were doing. And and uh, quite often we didn't even know ourselves. You know, it's like, well, what do we do this? You know, and we just had to go through and test it and try. What are we doing when we do this? Oh yeah, we do this and then we do this and. And so becoming, taking quantum things and making them linear is, was kind of a difficult thing to do. And, you know, my teaching experience was zero. So except for the fact that I had to teach my patients every day. Um, I, I did model my teaching um, ideas behind some of the teachers that I was impressed with through chiropractic school. And, and the, the way they taught and the way that I learned and, and what really worked for me. So, um, so that was helpful to, to take those old mentors and, and, you know, use what I was taught through them and teach using those techniques. What's your experience when you're actually teaching uh, doctors and other healthcare professionals? What's it, what's it like for you to actually spend a weekend with other healthcare professionals and, 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 and do your thing and, and, and see them struggling and seeing the light bulb go on for them. What, what's that like for you? Well, it, it brings me back to the times that I didn't really know what I was doing when I was learning something new. And we just recently, uh, Autumn has been developing uh, the homeopathic version of MFT for the energetics line. And uh, I'm, I know very little about their product line, so I got to have this, the same experience of learning their product line from scratch. Um, just like many of the people in my class don't know the standard process or meta-herb product lines. They, so I, that was a humbling experience to say, you know, I re- we really need to slow this down a little bit and, and start with more basic ideas. So we're actually doing that with the help of... Uh, standard process in Northern California, we're going to add an extra class that's just basic muscle testing and then the foundational nutrition. So new practitioners or people who want to learn this technique can get in there and have uh, a simpler, more basic training of just what these products do and, and what muscle testing was meant to be and then our version of it and, and why we think it's the best way of doing things. So uh, that was helpful to uh, to work with Autumn to learn something that I had little experience with and, and essentially relearn MFT from a different perspective. What's your experience of working with homeopathic interventions, comparing and contrasting them to nutritional and herbal interventions, or is it too early to tell? Oh, no, I've always felt, uh, because I've always used homeopathy, and uh, we look at homeopathy just the same as anything. You've got to match the energy signature of the homeopathy to the energy signature of the person. But homeopathy, above anything else, is the real energy 
intervention because that's what you're dealing with with homeopathy is just the resonance of the of the remedy whereas as far as importance i really think that the the nutrition is the most important overall because that's our problem you know we're dealing with food that lacks integrity we it's not grown on soil that uh you know all these trace minerals have been leached out of it they've added pesticides and herbicides uh, year after year after year the the soil has no life like nature intended it to have and the food quality is just spiraling down so when you have a somebody like standard process who has this huge organic farm and their supplements are are their products are produced in a way that they don't lose any of their value I think that is the core you know you have to be able to feed people first and foremost and then any other thing you can do beyond like a herbal intervention or neuroemotional technique or homeopathy you can just build on that health but it's got to start with having you know good food and <laughs> you know thank goodness we have standard process because I personally would be very unhealthy without it um, so uh, I think that you have to look at all those things in, for what they are Homeopathy is an energy intervention. Uh, standard process is a nutritional intervention. Herbs are nature's medicine, and you have to think of them in that way, tonics and things like that that are actually going to support the, uh, the organs and the glands uh, in an herbal way. And then just, you know, the stresses of life and, and helping people cope with that stuff. So all of that, every single one of those things can enlarge and balance an energy field and you know that's our thing that's what we do that's all we ever promise is a larger more balanced energy field so we love all those tools okay so let's shift gears a little bit um, you know I know from being in practice and from my successes and my failures and my patient successes and failures I know that there are certain things they distort and scramble the energy field so much that if people aren't willing to do a minimum number of things, I don't want to even take I don't want to even take them as a patient who's, who wants to get healthy because I know that we're kind of spitting in the wind. So, for example, I know that if someone's going to keep smoking commercial cigarettes or if they're going to keep using a lot of MSG or if they're going to use artificial sweeteners or if they're going to use high fructose corn syrup, or if they're going to use a lot of trans fats, that we're not going to be able to get very far. And I'm really upfront with them about that. Mm -hmm. And that's been helpful, I think, to both of us. And one of the things that's really come up in the last couple of years is another area that is huge that I had not been that tuned into and really got started getting tuned into it when I met you, Frank, and you started um, talking about it and I was able to do with the test files, I was able to verify and validate with MFT the enormous impact. And that is genetically modified foods. And it's been exciting over the last year to see the consciousness raised about that. Um, how did you become so cognizant of the incredible energetic um, trauma of GMOs? Well, uh, actually it was, it was, 
I don't remember how it all started exactly, but I remember calling uh, Nick Lamoth and saying we need to start looking at some of these foods from a genetically modified food angle, and and we or, we started with one energy, one energy of the of GMO foods, the process of creating them, and uh, what we found was it was showing up so often that, and, and as I researched the what it took to create genetic genetic engineering and they've been hiding it you know they do not want us to really know the facts of genetic engineering because they've been suppressing it for 45 years most people have no idea that the wheat that we've been eating for the last 45 years has all been genetically engineered and it isn't GMO because it wasn't done with gene splicing but the gluten in that stuff is not the gluten of heritage wheat that existed prior to 45 years ago uh, when I was a kid, nobody had problems with gluten intolerance. You know, I'm, you know, in my mid-60s now, but, you know, I don't remember this going on. And now everybody's trying to avoid gluten. Well, what, what changed? You know, it wasn't the human being. It was the process of the wheat being genetically engineered and the gluten turning into something called gliadin, which is a pro-inflammatory form of gluten that binds to opiate receptors and creates cravings for more of it. So um, there's, there's where it all began. And uh, I became more and more aware of it as I started looking for information about the processes of genetic engineering. And that the person who was at the forefront of that was Jeffrey Smith from Fairfield, Iowa. Uh, he's, uh, he's head of the Institute for Responsible Technology. And he's been on the forefront of this for 20 plus years. So this is where I got a lot of my information and I learned about the processes of GMO, what they've turned into GMO, uh, what, why they've turned it into GMO. It's mostly so they can add more herbicides and pesticides to the plants. So um, that means if you're eating GMOs, first of all, they've messed with the process that is, creates the plant and then they've messed with the amount of herbicide pesticide on it because they can. And uh, they don't have to pull the weeds and they don't have to worry about the, you know, the corn weevil. You know. And they've done it for profit. In other words, they want us to think that they did it for us so that we could have food to sustain the population. But that isn't true. It's just been so they could sell more pesticides and herbicides. Like I like to say, Monsanto, who's probably the giant in this GMO industry, is a, is a poison company. You know, all through the years they've made DDT and they've made Roundup and, uh, you know, pesticides and herbicides, chemicals. Now they're trying to present themselves as a food company, you know, a seed company that food and, and you know, you need our food. Well, we don't need their food. What we need is the food that God created and the food that uh, we should have been eating all along. And that's not happening now. So hence the rise in disease. Um, Stephanie Senoff, who's a researcher at MIT, well-respected, has over 170 peer-reviewed articles to her name, correlates the rise in autism to the rise in uh, the use of Roundup. And you could lay one graph right over the other, and you can see that it's pretty darn close. And uh, the one thing that they're not looking at is they say, well, so what? Roundup is biodegradable. Well, that's not 
true either. It's partially biodegradable, but it doesn't degrade into nothing. It degrades into another chemical, which is uh, AMPA or aminomethyl uh, phosphonic acid, which has a very long existence in the soil. And this has been building up slowly for the 40 plus years where they've been pouring on the Roundup. And it's in all of our food. So we've got the Roundup in our food. We've got now this uh, uh, AMPA in our food. And you could test it on just about everybody. And it's in their system. What's it doing to us? Well, they don't even acknowledge that there's unsafe levels of it. So how are we to know except that seems like when you get rid of it, people's health improves because their field improves. So this is the great thing about doing the field work is our ability to instantaneously acknowledge things that are bad for the body, whether science has actually gotten to the place where they know that it's bad for the body or not. We have an early warning system to tell people, your body is saying this is not good for you and you need to find a way to eliminate it from your diet and you need to take these supplements that will help your body detoxify from it. Could you talk about another aspect of the whole, this whole area, which is um, the BT biotoxin and what's happening with the corn? Yeah, they genetically engineered the corn to um, create its own pesticide because uh, the corn weevil, the corn weevil was doing damage to the crops. And so they genetically engineered it. Now, my personal feeling on that is the corn weevil was allowed to do damage to the crops because of the poor farming practices. And you don't have that kind of damage to crops in with healthy soil, good organic soil. They have, they've made tremendous strides in, in the organic food um, growing, the farming of organic food. And, you know, I would put it up against any GMO crop as far as yield goes, they can do better now with yields on organic food than they can with GMO, although that's not the story that Monsanto likes to tell, of course. So. But my big concern about the corn manipulation is that they don't know how to turn that off. And so when you eat it as a human, it seems to me like it could be continuing to interfere with our microbiome. Yes, and I think that's pretty well been proven, but, uh, you know, Stephanie Senoff, like I say, at MIT has done a lot of work in that area. She's, uh, she's done some amazing things. And she's also, uh, she's working with Aaron Brockovich as well um, on the fluoride issue. What do we do about all this fluoride? And uh, Aaron Brockovich and Stephanie Senoff and one of the uh, medical doctors who attends my seminars on the East Coast in April sent a letter to the Institute of Medicine and all the board members on the nutrition board that uh, okayed the level of fluoride in the water, saying that we were going to, that that group was going to hold the board personally responsible for um, the damage done by the excess fluoride in the drinking water. And Consequently, very next day, maybe coincidentally, I don't think so, but they cut the standards of maximum fluoride uh, concentration in the drinking water in half the very next day that that letter <laughs> got sent. So, um, 
anyway, there are people out there looking out for us, and and uh, and Dr. Dan, who's attended my class, and he's he's taken our our morphogenic field technique concepts and really run with them um, for things like fluoride and dental dental issues, and, uh, and it's just fun to watch how people have taken what we created in our office here and have turned it into marvelous new ideas and concepts and we're seeing it now uh, take shape out in the public and you know getting fluoride standards lowered because of what's been demonstrated using the morphogenic field it's pretty it's pretty cool to me yeah so um, one thing I want to clear up before we go further is I want to talk about MFT's relationship with the company standard process and I want to give you a chance to state for the record that you're not getting paid by standard process to recommend their nutritional products, but that you recommend them because you find that based on your field analysis, they are, um, they work in terms of the parameters you're looking for. Do you want to say anything about that? Well, the reason that, all of the muscle testing techniques over the years have used standard processes because it's their energy signatures that match the energy signature of the human body. So it has less to do with standard process than the fact that they have got the right idea for growing food and they know how to process it in a way that it matches the human energy field. So that's, you know, I, I'm not the guy who's problem oriented really. And I talk about some of these problems because I need to educate the public. But I'm really the solution guy. And so you have to have good nutritional solutions, good herbal solutions, and good homeopathic solutions. I, you know, people at neuroemotional technique don't pay me for saying how great I think they are. And people at energetics don't pay me for saying how great their homeopathic line is. And, and you know, the, the FDA has very strict standards about... Um, what you can say about your products in the natural realm. Um, they, you can, as a clinician, you can talk about your experience, but you have to stay arm's length away from the companies of the products you're talking about because, you know, you're not allowed to, you're only allowed to speak the truth. And, you know, the, the FDA would like you to believe that nutrition has nothing to do with health. And I think that most logical, rational American citizens would hear that and say, what are you talking about? Of course, nutrition has something to do with health. But that's the official policy of the FDA. And, you know, think about that. The FDA is run by medical doctors and people who used to work in the pharmaceutical realm. So, you know, where, you know, where's the integrity there? Okay. Well, let's talk about other things that people might not think of that we know through MFT analysis can have a big impact on people's field and on their health. I'm thinking of things like synthetic vitamins, heavy metals, uh, uh, parasite energies. What are the things that you find that are impacting people's health that they probably wouldn't think of unless they had spent a lot of time studying health? Well, the problem is you watch the nightly news and what you're going to see is about 
80% of the commercials on the nightly news and many other TV shows are all about drugs. And they talk about symptoms and drugs. Now, that's good and that's bad because that's what they think that you should do for health is drugs. On the other hand, they're sitting there listening to the commercials and they're hearing all the side effects and adverse reactions and thinking, why would I want to put that in my mouth, right? So um, what we believe is that if you keep the body healthy, then your body will naturally have a great defense mechanism against things like parasites. And it, and it will eliminate the heavy metals and chemicals that you're exposed to. So that's our, our great idea is get the big balanced field, acknowledge that when you have that, your physiology acts normally and your body can naturally rid itself of any of these things. What you see from a clinical perspective is the energies of parasites tend to show up in people who also have the energy of heavy metals and chemicals. So you get rid of one, you get rid of the other. Um, and that's the way it works in practical reality from our energetic perspective. So uh, the heavy metals, the mercury, people, people need to understand that mercury does not belong in the mouth. Uh, they have been using mercury dental fillings for well over 100 years. As a matter of fact, the American Dental Association has the patent on it, and they get a little kickback from all of those dentists out there putting in uh, well, I call them mercury fillings. They call them amalgam fillings or silver fillings, but they're more than 50% mercury. And if you took that same amount of mercury and put it into a small lake, they'd close the lake because of contamination. So that's quite a disconnect for me to say, oh, we can't have this stuff in our environment, but it's okay to put it in your mouth. That stuff gets into your bones. It gets into your nervous system. It degrades the integrity of those things, and that sets up an environment where microbes that, uh, you know, infection, infectious or pathogenic microbes are attracted to those kind of situations. If you can get rid of those things, if you can improve the health of the body, then there's no room in the body for those things to even exist. So we don't really treat any of those things to be treating those things like I say, those are adjectives that describe the energies that we find, and then we develop the right protocol to alter the energy. Do you want to say anything about, from an MFT point of view, about the vaccine situation? Well, um, there is another situation that, uh, you know, if I were to say anything bad about the situation, I probably would get in some kind of trouble, but... Somebody, of course, we've had this Disneyland situation with the measles, and, uh, and somebody, a medical doctor, practicing medical doctor, wrote to the um, Center for Disease Control and asked three very pointed questions. And the very pointed questions were, how many people in the last 12 years have died as a result of the measles? And the answer was zero to seven. And the reason it was zero to seven is because they had the measles and they died, but they weren't sure it was the measles that killed them because they had other complications. And then the next question was, how many people have died as a direct result of having a measles vaccination? And the answer was 96. 
And then the next question was, how many people are permanently disabled because of measles vaccinations? And the answer was 700. So, you know, I still say keep the field big and balanced and your body will take care of these things themselves. And, uh, you know, with all the conversation about go get your measles vaccines, you haven't heard anything from the CDC to answer those questions. Uh, the truth is that there's been a lot more people die from the measles vaccine than have died from the measles. There's a lot more people who are disabled from the measles vaccine than were disabled as a result of having acquired the measles. So, you know, let's get things in perspective and understand that the pharmaceutical industry has a vested interest in promoting this idea that everybody should get vaccinated for everything. And if you go to uh, Walgreens or any drugstore, they've got yard signs lined up. If you had your measles vaccine, if you had your uh, pneumonia vaccine, if you had your shingles vaccine, it's just they had a row of them down there. And it's almost like, you know, going shopping for vaccines. And instead of thinking about it from the perspective of what can I do to stay healthy, it's like, um, it's all negative. It's all fear based. It's all you know, creating a scenario where people say, what should I get a shot for? Now I'm really concerned because they, they tell me I should get all these things. There are, there's going to be consequences of putting anything foreign into your body. And three, four, three to five percent of the people are going to react to any vaccine. Who, who's, gonna, who's it going to be? You find out when it happens. That's, and that's the truth of the matter. So... I like the big balance field idea. Let's just stay healthy. Is there anything you do specially with a patient if they come and tell you that, you know, oh gosh, my kids had 58 vaccines in the last 10 years? Well, I don't worry about any of that stuff. I do have a vial of vaccines and adjuvants. Adjuvants are the irritants they put in the vaccine to cause the immune system to react. And I have those and I test those. And if, if the body attracts to those energies, then I just find solutions for them and I get the person on the right solution and they improve. So, you know, to me, it's, it's also simple. I mean, I, I don't like it to sound overly simplistic, but there, here's a system that of health that is just amazing and, and works so well. And, of course, you're, I don't have to tell you because you already know. So. But it's great to know that, that as MFT practitioners that we have access to that kind of a vial. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you got one? You know, I have to confess that I am not sure if that's in one of my kits. I have the six kits. Okay. Then you have it. Oh, great. Look in the, look in the orange kit. It's in there. Great. I will. You know, it's an ongoing learning journey for for all of us, and it's so exciting. Uh, how how long does it take for a, a client or a patient? Uh, not necessarily a first session, but um, an, an ongoing session, just to give the listeners an idea. Uh, how long um, typically would a patient or a client be in a practitioner's office for an MFT session? Well, it depends upon what you do in, in addition to it. The actual procedure takes about three to five minutes. Um, 
with somebody who's been doing it for a while. And then there's all sorts of things you can do around it, like counsel them on, you know, what foods to avoid and, and uh, you know, how much water they should be drinking. And, of course, I'm a chiropractor, so everybody that comes in, unless they're nutrition only, is going to get an adjustment. Um, so my I schedule people about for an hour. And, uh, and you know, I used to see more an hour, but, you know, I'm, I'm tired of doing that. I want to just enjoy myself more now. So... Um, I can, I can rush people through even faster than that, but I don't, don't really yeah. want to do that anymore. I just want to have a good time every day. But 15 minutes is a comfortable rhythm for you. Yeah, that works for me. And, uh, and I have time to do everything I need to do in 15 minutes. And a first session might be double that? Yeah, I, do, I usually schedule a half hour for, for a first session because there's some explaining to do. And I have to give them the demonstration of what a field test is, and they have to feel it. I want them to have the experience. Like I say, I could talk till I'm blue in the face about what it is and why it works, but there's nothing like having the experience. You've got to experience it. Do you encourage, strongly encourage your patients to, to read your book? Yep, I do, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, have, I have many really good patients who have never read my book. They just, they just trust me. Right, right. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this interview is because some people don't like to read. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just a reality. And also, I think there's some benefit from people feeling the energy of you and hearing your voice. So uh, I'm glad that I can play a small part in, in spreading the good news. Um, how do you explain MFT to your patients? Well, uh, I have my little chart. I gave you a copy of it when you came to my class. And, uh, and I talk about energy signatures and I talk about quantum physics and I tell people, you know, and that's, I start off by saying to people, you know, why did you come see me? And they say, well, everybody says you can fix anything or you know, some such. And I just say, okay, well, no matter what the explanation is, no matter what they say that they've heard that I do, I give them my explanation, which is that on some level, everybody knows that they have an energy around their body. And whether you call it an aura or a chakra or chi or life force or whatever it is, you know, we call it the morphogenic field. And our idea is that if you have a large and balanced one, you will be moving toward health. And if you have a small one or a distorted one, you are going to have health challenges. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take and expand and balance your energy field and, uh, and move you toward health in that way. So, you know, they come in, they fill out their symptoms, and they tell you what's going on with them, and you listen to them, and, and you decide, you know, besides the technique, what else do you need to do to them. But that's all I ever say. You know, look, this is what we do. We expand and balance the energy field. And it's pretty matter-of-fact for me. Um, it doesn't require – it's one of those things like if you try to over-explain it, it, you just dig yourself a hole. So the best thing to do is just keep it simple. This is what we do. Here, watch. Let me show you. Right. How can a health practitioner – well, first of all, what qualifications does a person have to have to – where you'll teach them MFT? And then if they qualify, uh, how can a person learn MFT? Well, though you have to be able to actually, you know, 
take the skills that you learn at an MFT seminar and apply them. So I guess the minimum requirement is you have to be involved in the healthcare profession where you can have a, an account through standard process or you have to work in an office where somebody in the office can get an account through standard process so they can, um, you can provide the nutrients that they need to move them forward. So I don't really feel like that's my position to say, you know, you qualify, you don't qualify. I just say, can you get a standard process account or do you have access to standard process? And if you do, how'd you get that? You know, who are you working with or who are you working for? And, uh, you know, I have people who actually have no credentials who are quite good at doing MFT, but they work in an office with somebody who does a, does, uh, has a standard process account that, and they trust them. So I don't have to worry about them going doing MFT in an independent situation because they're not going to be able to get a standard process account unless they've got somebody that they work with who can get one. So I, I don't try to um, vet that for people. I just say, you know, how are you going to supply what they need? And let them know. As, as a matter of fact, people who work in, in healthcare offices come to my seminar all the time and learn the technique. And I don't know what happens after they leave. So, so, um, how, so how does someone learn MFT who, who, who wants to learn it? Well, somebody invites us to um, give a class somewhere. And uh, essentially, there's two ways of doing it. You know, the, the, uh, the standard process rep or the distributor can, can pay me to come talk. So essentially what he's doing is he's paying me for my time to teach. Uh, he's, not, he's not paying me as, a, you know, as an employee of standard process. He's paying me for my teaching time. And so I do it that way. Also, I do it independently. But I need somebody in the town that I'm giving the class to say, yeah, we will, we will be there. We'll represent uh, standard process at your seminar, and we will promote your seminar so that you know, our accounts have access to this information. So uh, that's the way we do it. And I do it differently all over the country. I mean, how I do it in California is different than how I do it in Washington. And how I do it in Washington is different than how I do it in Missouri and how I do it in uh, Massachusetts. Right. But if somebody's listening to this and they either want to learn MFT or they want to turn somebody on to MFT and that person wants to find out when and where you're teaching, they can go to that same website and there's another section in the website where they can find that out. Right. There's um, there's a seminar information page on the uh, morphogenicfieldtechnique.com website. Okay. And uh, I know currently, you know, because I've gone through them a couple times and I'm going to go through them a couple of more times for sure because there's always more to learn. Currently, it's structured as a kind of a two-part basic and advanced. Do you see that kind of staying that way? And I know you talked about adding kind of like um, kind of like a zero level class for uh, people who want to learn muscle testing or learn more about the products. But do you see that structure uh, staying pretty constant for a while or are you thinking about some alterations in that structure? Well, um, Autumn does the homeopathic version 
and so that's her class. In I think that that would be a great beginning class for somebody to do because that's a the, that procedure is a ten step procedure rather than a twenty seven step procedure, so that's a little easier to learn. Um, uh, the class I taught in L.A. this last weekend was a three hour just muscle basic muscle testing. And that's all we did is we showed people how to muscle test. And we started with uh, Dr. Goodhart's work, and then we went to Dr. Versendahl's work, and then we went to Dr. Klinghart's work, and then we ended up with doing the field work. And by the time we were done with that three-hour class, everybody was muscle testing, and everybody was happy, and everybody knew that they could muscle test. So that was really good for building um, the idea that, yes, I can be a muscle tester, whereas the the basic class that we do now, we just start off with the assumption that everybody knows how to muscle test, which is not always a good assumption. Um, so, yeah, uh, in the Bay Area, we're doing one where we're going to talk about just muscle testing, basic muscle testing, the philosophy behind it. We're going to talk about the culture of good nutrition and, you know, why standard process is valuable and some of the foundational uh, work that we do, and uh, and that will be a one-day seminar to introduce people who don't have experience with muscle testing or have experience with standard process, and we're going to start them at a very basic level and bring them along. What makes the uh, homeopathic protocol so much simpler? We have it. We started out in a little different way because homeopathy. We start this the uh, standard process procedure with foundational nutrition and because homeopathy is not foundational nutrition we started off in a little different way and we start with uh, things that disrupt the improvement of the body and uh, and then move into the cell energies and the uh, things that affect uh, the health of the cell so by, by skipping by skipping that part we eliminate a lot of the conversation about how you can work through the program in the most accurate way. But you can still develop a very good homeopathic program by doing the 10 steps. Okay. But someone who's doing the full MFT protocol can also integrate the homeopathy into what they're already doing. Yes. Uh -huh. Great. Uh, so how can people find a qualified MFT practitioner? Well, we have a... We have a website. On the website, it says find an MFT practitioner. So you go to that page, and we've got all the states there that we have uh, practitioners that have um, committed to learning MFT. And uh, their names and telephone numbers are there, and they can go find themselves somebody who does the work. Are there any studies currently going on in relation to MFT? Well, the studies we've done are... They're all, I guess you would call them anecdotal because uh, we haven't actually gathered data on them, but we've been doing it for a number of years and we know what the outcome is going to be before we start. However, that doesn't, you know, that's, that doesn't really qualify as doing research. So I put out a call to practitioners to, uh, to begin doing research. I haven't gotten a lot of data back yet, so course, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be able to compile much data if they don't bring you back any data. So I'll have to, you know, see if they're still interested in moving that forward. But that's going to come down to, you know, do the practitioners want the research to back up what they're doing? And uh, I feel really good about it. I don't, I feel like 
you know, our our dark field microscopy studies, our blood test studies, our you know, um, our system survey studies all show that it works and uh, and it works really well. So I have no qualms about knowing that I'm out there teaching a wonderful technique. And if practitioners are committed to having it verified with research studies, they're going to have to help me out a little bit more than what they've been doing up till now. So I understand. It may be for the next generation to do that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, what are you most excited about today? I mean, you're in your mid-60s and uh, you've been in the healing arts for a long time now. And uh, What really lights your fire? What really is keeping you going? And and, and, and what is what what sort of your inspiration right now? I know for myself, I'm about four or five years younger than you. And as I get older, I'm finding that my inspiration is more and more what I can pass on to the to the younger people. Right. And I you know, this is a technique. I call it muscle testing for the 21st century, you know, because it's, you know, muscle testing was developed in the 20th century. And this is the really, this is the first truly new muscle testing technique in the last 20 years. Uh, this is muscle testing for the 21st century, the new millennium. And Autumn herself is a millennial, you know, she's the one who came up with it. And I think this is, this system belongs to the next generation. And, um, uh, they just have to own it. You know, they just have to decide they own this, and and I think they will. And that's what I'm going to be here for for as long as I can to just watch them learn and watch them grow. And uh, you know, I already see what's happening with with people who have you know taken our work and just moved it to the next level. And it's exciting for me. I I have treated 400,000 people. You know, from a financial perspective, I'm going to be okay no matter what. So. Uh, to me to take this idea that Autumn came up with and she would not have been able to move it forward by herself and you know with her young family and and with her credentials she would have been paralyzed with with getting this out there and I'm able to do that so that's what I how I see my role and uh, I, that's what I'm excited about I'm excited because you can treat people all day, every day, and you can hear the great stories about how they're doing. But now I get to hear great stories from all over the country about people who have had, you know, wonderful health improvement using the ideas that we created right here in Port Angeles. Now, earlier you said you've treated 400,000 patients. Did you mean that you've had 400,000 patient visits? Yes, individualized patient visits. And is, has Autumn started teaching the homeopathic seminar yet, or is that coming? We've got it scheduled for October 3rd in Chicago. Um, Good. So that's when it's going to be. It's, uh, it's already filling up, so word's gotten out. Not through me. I haven't done any promoting on it yet, but, but uh, you know, people are signing up for it. So, Well, Frank, we're getting to the end of our interview, and I'm really grateful, you know, not only for you taking the time with me today to have such an in-depth interview, but as I mentioned in my opening remarks, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I feel like if it weren't for you and Autumn, I feel like I'd probably be out of daily practice right now. So 
just a heartfelt thank you to you. And um, oh, by the way, do you, do you have plans that uh, do you think down the road you'll be there'll be a teacher training program? Well, we'll see where it goes. You know, I don't know what we're going to need. <laughs> so, but I'm handling it now. But maybe you know, we'll right. see. Is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners in closing? Well, I, if you haven't looked into uh, morphogenic field technique, make sure you do because you're um, passing up a wonderful opportunity. There's a lot of uh, qualified practitioners out there now. And, uh, you know, go look one of them up because you can keep yourself healthy and you can keep your family healthy. And, you know, I do worry about the next generation uh, with all the poisons in our food and all the problems in our environment. Um, you know, I feel like this is, there's going to be, we're going to have this bifurcated society where half the people know how to stay healthy and the other half haven't got a clue. And, you know, just be one of those people that's got a clue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Frank, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to an in-depth interview on freeing the body, freeing the soul between myself, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc and Dr. Frank Springov, the co-founder and developer, along with Autumn Smith, of Morphogenic Field Technique, one of the most exciting breakthroughs, both um, in terms of uh, ideas and in terms of actual technique that I've seen in the healing arts in many, many, many decades. And so thank you again, Frank. And uh, until next time, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. Welcome, friends. Dr. David here again. I hope you enjoyed that interview between myself and Dr. Frank. I know I did. And I want to encourage you and your loved ones to experience morphogenic field technique. Go to morphogenicfieldtechnique.com and read more about it. And click on the uh, link to find a practitioner. And... Uh, Avail yourself of the uh, wonderful benefits of this very safe and effective healing approach. So until next time, this is Dr. David, and we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to CuttingEdgeDoc.com. That's CuttingEdgeDoc.com. Lastly, if you love today's show, you can support Dr. David, his work, and the show by going over to iTunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment. Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.